1: if you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Good morning. You're listening to In The Drink on heritageradionetwork.org. I'm your host, Joe Campanelli, and today we have Shelly Lingren on the show. Uh, In in an industry just chock full of amazing, wonderful, hospitable, nice, passionate people, Shelly Lingren is one of the most uh, in all of those categories. (laughs) Uh, Shelly, welcome Um. on the show. (laughs) hi joey hi how's it going it's going great here in new york how are you doing good
2: i'm in italy where we that's where we met that one time and so i'm it's four o'clock in the afternoon about ready to have well i've already had wine today because i'm in italy so <laughs> yeah,
1: that's that's the uh, the biggest uh difference about italy and in new york if, if in new york or uh, in the states in general if you have wine at lunch It's like, whoa, that person is really, you know, taking it easy. But in Italy, if you don't have wine at lunch, everyone's asking, are you okay? Are you you pregnant? Are you sick? Like, why why aren't you having wine at lunch?
2: Oh, absolutely. They understand hospitality here. I mean, it's just off the charts. And it's always so good because our focus in the restaurants in San Francisco uh, of hospitality, but also... The wine and the history. And so when I get over here, I'm just like, I get recharged and I'm able to bring that back with me. Yes, and and I, I've I, been, it, I'm, I'm here with um, one of the great sparkling wines of the world, Bella Vista, and they also have Kankadi Castaldi. So I've been drinking. That's what I've been drinking since I've been here several so days. You're up in Lombardia. In <laughs> Not a bad life right now.
1: <laughs> Not too bad at all. Um, so I didn't mention it at the top, but but Shelly is the wine director and owner of A sixteen and SPQR. It's actually two A sixteens now. Um, and the author or co author of A sixteen Food and Wine and SPQR Food and Wine. Uh, James Beard nominated uh, for Best Wine Service in the Country four times and uh, a, a recipient of uh, Michelin Stars for SPQR. Truly, uh, I mean, what, you know, someone someone's at the top of the industry. I'm, I'm so excited and, and uh, someone mm-hmm. I look at as, as a good friend as well.
2: Yeah, so, um, you know, that that's so nice to say because I think this when I think of you and all that you've been doing in New York and it's it's just like it's inspiring, and it's it's great to be with people that um, you know are always helping to in, you know inspire each other. And I look at you, and I'm like, yay! I get to talk with Joey. So um, thank you for having me on.
1: So, Shelley, what brings you to Italy right now? Is it to uh, particularly to visit this uh, Franciacorta region? And, and what what's it like up there? By the way, I've, I've never I've been to Lombardia, but never to Franciacorta.
2: Well, I'm sort of making my journey. They have an estate in, in Maremma, and um, this is sort of an up-and-coming region in south of Tuscany, and uh, just south of Bulgaria. And um, so I flew into Rome, and I'm I'm with um, some friends from the U.S. that are um, working with the wines, and I'm I'm eventually in a couple of days making my way over to Verona for the biggest wine show of the year in Italy, and. I don't come to it every year like a lot of wine professionals in the Italian the ind- wine industry do in the US. I it just it's it's hard to make the trip, um with everything and I'm also a mother. So um, but this year I just I every year I could say, I'm going next year, I'm going next year, and so I'm here. I'm gonna go.
1: Well, it's a, tell us about Vin Italy. That's uh, I have never uh-huh. I've never been I've always been a little intimidated by it.
2: <laughs> oh, I wish you were coming. It's um so I have a strategy. It's It's it feels like it's like nine football fields big. Every almost every producer of of, um, Italy is there practically. Every region is represented because wines made in every corner of Italy, and um, you just have to you can only at your best put a small dent into it. Um, This this year I was hoping to focus on the south of Italy, so um, I literally will beeline for small regions like Molise, Calabria, and then go to larger producer regions like uh, Puglia and Sicily and, and then Campania, and um, just see what's happening, uh, be in touch with a lot of the producers face-to-face, sit down with them, talk with them about their wines, and, um, and there's also, this is new to me, there's a lot of satellite casings that are focusing on the way they farm. Mm-hmm. Um, Alos Ligator does Suma, which is a green tasting. They do, in, inside of Vanitelli, there's Vivit, it's all natural wines. And then there's Vini Vari, it's also natural wines. There's Villa Fiorita, outside the, the event, the, the event. But um, there's just a lot of focus on certain philosophies of making wine that's kind of taking a wave of excitement and um in, in wine production, so there's just a there's just a lot of wine, and so I'll I'll arrive. Um, I'll be going with my friend Cinzia who makes a prosecco called Labinia di Alice. It's absolutely fantastic, and we're gonna um, you know drive over about 7:30 in the morning, and at about 4:30 I'll wrap up, and then I'll, I'll go to an event um, almost every day, or meet up with somebody. So it's like morning, noon, and night tasting. Drink, so you're drinking all day, but you have to be professional about it. It took me years to learn how to spit. It really did, because um, I remember first going to tastings and, and like I couldn't, I, I couldn't taste hundreds and hundreds of wines without feeling like I got drunk. And, um, oh, yeah. and you, you, you know, have to really be professional spit. About that's, it. What, but, that's what um, I've learned. Once I learned. Once I learned how to spit correctly, then you can just you can do it.
1: So no. you got you, you got to do it. it. I know uh, at first as well. If the wine was really tasty, I'd, I'd spit out most of it. <laughs> you know, you end up swallowing yeah. a little bit. This is pretty You're like, good. No,
2: no, no, not all of it.
1: <laughs> but it, yeah, but that, I'm sure that I'll catch up to the big tasting like that. Um, now I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm really curious if you could report back uh, for me personally on on okay. what's going on in Molise because that is a region that I know. Yeah almost nothing about we get, we get very, very few wines from Molise here in New York. Um, and, and I, I just assume being, uh, you know, kind of where, where it's located, um, some hills on the inside, the coastal vineyards, you know, coming mm-hmm. close up to, uh, to Marque. It, 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 there's gotta be something interesting going on over there. And, and Basilicata, maybe. Exactly. There's tons. Basil- yeah.
2: There's a lot of Basilicata happening right now too. Um, yeah and they're just they um you know ever all these histories of um, um generations of families in the wine business, mm-hmm. but you know really it's been since World War II that a lot of the quality has slowly been ramping up, and right now it's like a golden age for Italy because um you can drink great wine all over Italy, and that even like twenty thirty years ago you couldn't you couldn't say that. So um, so, we are really in a great position with Italian wines and drinking them because um you know I feel like they're better than they ever have been.
1: Now, I just got back from my first wine trip to Campania, which is the area that you are most familiar with that that you're really known for um, how How did you get so interested in southern Italian wines and especially the wines of Campania
2: so i um I think I started as a complete blank slate because I um, spent most of my career in French fine dining in San Francisco mm-hmm. um, for about 14 years as a captain in um, in restaurants, and that's where you know when I was finishing college in San Francisco and working full time and getting my sommelier certificate, and then I um, I went to on my honeymoon. Once we I, I, I was studying for wine, and I fell into Italy. I felt like um, there was just so much of it under, uh, represented. because you hear about the really famous areas, beautiful wines of Piedmont, and Tuscany, and the Veneto, but you know, but you, you never heard that much about the wines of Campania. But the wines were great. So it was actually going there and um, kind of researching pizza for um, in the process of wanting to open a sixteen and. Um, And um, basically, it was the wines that went with the food. There, there was tons of there was tons of options. So when I in the Bay Area, we couldn't really find that many there. There, but Mm -hmm. they just were sort of uh, almost like hidden, or they weren't in current vintages in the in the inventory for the distributors. And I would call people that I would buy Italian wine from, but I knew that I'd be like. Oh my gosh, now I know what this wine is. I never knew what Claudia Romano was. I never knew what this Tarassi was or what, um, Terra Brune was from Sardinia at the time. I just saw Terra Brune and I went, I don't know what that is. And these are like, there's a lot of really important producers for me and, um, you know, for our list that really, you know, strike the, the heartstrings and give a lot of soul to, um, the quality of wine that's being made. But I just sort of fell into it because, um, we wanted to do a certain type of pizza in our restaurant. And so, um, that's really what happened. I came home and I made some phone calls and I kept trying to research what was available. And right around that same time is when we're starting to get more and more wines so, and you know, some of the local importers started bringing in more, more wines like this. Like I cold called our friend, our mutual friend Bruno one year my, after Vanitoli, um, you know, nine years ago and um i just was i was fascinated there's a wine from pestuum these you know huge um greek ruins and this, the whole story was just so romantic and just the idea of wine being made there and i guess you know i'm from northern california so i um i grew up in wine country not even knowing it was wine country because there was far few far fewer wineries um then than there are today and you know, I started working at restaurants at seventeen and I remember the first vintage of Opus One and I mean of course in Robert Mondavi, but you know, it just seems like it just comes everything's come really far really far so fast in California and there's a lot of cool stuff happening. But Italy is just sort of this motherland of grapes and knowledge and, you know, it's a it's a lifestyle of drinking wine that is something that I can learn from and bring back to what we do at the
1: restaurant. Right, and uh, Pestum has been around something like 2,200 years or 2,300 years, so I I, I'm sure I can see how you put that, that puts things into perspective, and when I, when I was uh, at, actually at Bruno De uh recently, I have to say, uh-huh. he, uh, he would not shut up about how much he loves you.
2: <laughs> oh, he's <laughs> Bruno, awesome.
1: He's very funny. He's mean, like, he oh, when Shelley was here this, and when Shelley was here that, he's, he's a big fan of yours, as, uh, as you are uh, of his. Um, so, uh-huh. who are some of the other producers that uh, will will kind of always be on on your list? I know you you're you have you're a fan of so many different wines, uh, but who are some of the like kind of core producers? and Maybe you consider them friends, and and, and why?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I Pietro Cupa is uh, Sabino Lofredo, and he is an excellent. Um, uh, winemaker, everything he makes is fantastic, but he's, he's known for his whites, his Greco di Tufo and Fiano di Avellino, as well as Clelia Romano, Fiano di Avellino, and, um, from Campania, I would say, um, there's wines, there's really historic wineries like Casa de Ambra and mm-hmm. Master Bernardino that have been there for a long time, but right now what's really, um, exciting is finding the smaller uh, wineries, like um, there's a new one, new wines from um, right around Vesuvius like Campi Follegri, they have these really um, crisp, dry Falaginas um, from La Sibila there's, there's another new one that is just going to they only send over like 8 cases but if I was going to pick a couple producers I would say Villadoro from um, the Christi, which is a wine that used to be you know, you drink it by the quantity and not the quality, and they've really focused on quality. Um, there's, there's wines like, um, Vestini Capignano and, um, Alsada Caserta that are doing important grapes like Jalagrello Bianco. Um, really into Cesanese right now. I'm going to Lazio, but, um, Cesanese is sort of going with so many different types of food. Mm-hmm. It's really fun to recommend, and, um, there's a um, gentleman named Dam- Damiano Cioli, and he's making a Cesanese, which is the grape of the red grape out from right outside of Rome. And um, it's just a fantastic grape.
1: Yeah, I'm convinced um, it's a matter of time before before Lazio starts showing us some really, really great wines with, with consistency. They have uh, 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 the volcanic soils, hillside vineyards, uh, long history of winemaking, uh, somewhat sophist- you know sophisticated potentially international wine drinking uh urban center it seems like come on but lazio it's your time